0: Hi everyone, earlier we just sang the Christmas carol, Oh Holy Night. And in that song, there's a line that feels very relevant for all of us at this time. It says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. I think the whole world is feeling a little bit weary right now. Maybe you feel like that too. But this Christmas, the song says that we can rejoice because of a thrill of hope. Would you like to know the thrill of hope today? Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not a vague belief or blind optimism. Hope is concrete, it's certain, and hope has a name. You see, hope is found ultimately in a person, the person of Jesus Christ. The missionary Bishop Leslie Newbegin was once asked if he felt optimism or despair over the state of the world. He replied, I am neither an optimist nor a pessimist. I simply know this, Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. We celebrate at Christmas the birth of Jesus because hope was born into the world, God with us a child in a crib who would become a man on a cross, dying for the sins of the world, to make humankind right with God, and then rising to new life, defeating death and offering every one of us the free gift of eternal life in him. This is indeed a thrill of hope for the weary world. Would you like to know this hope? Now you you might feel like you're too old to grasp hope now, or, or perhaps you've had a tough year or two and you feel that too much has happened to you in life to ever have hope reborn in you. But I want to say it's never too late. This year at the Louisiana games in the US, Julia Hurricane Hawkins won the women's 100 meter running race and she did so setting a new world record for her age category, which is the aged 105 and above division. This is a photo of Julia setting the world record. Aged 105 years, Julia is the only runner in her age division. She began competitive racing at the mighty age of 100. Afterwards, she was asked if she was surprised by her remarkable achievements, to which she answered, no. I hope to run faster in the future. It's never too late to hope. Our scripture reading today is taken from Luke chapter two. And the context is Jesus is just 40 days old. And in accordance with Old Testament law, his mother Mary and his father Joseph bring him to the temple to present him to God and to receive ritual purification for the mother. There, Jesus and his parents have an amazing prophetic encounter with an old man called Simeon. So this is Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 21. I'll read it to you. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus the name the angel had given him before he'd been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses had been completed, that's after 40 days, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. That's from Exodus chapter 13 before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Amen. How can we have the hope that was born in a stable that first Christmas born in our hearts this Christmas and experience the thrill of hope? Well, we find the answer in the experience of this old man, Simeon. Now, Luke doesn't tell us, but ancient sources suggest that Simeon could be Simeon ben Hillel, head of the Sanhedrin, a religious council until AD 10, and the son of the famed Jewish rabbi, Hillel and therefore the father of the equally famous famous Gamaliel, who taught the apostle Paul. The only other suggestion is that Simeon could have been the high priest at the time of Jesus' birth. Either way, Luke describes this old priest and prophet as righteous, devout, waiting for God, anointed by the spirit, attentive to the voice of God and living by faith in God's word. And Simeon does two things which we can emulate, we can copy to experience the thrill of hope as well. What are they? Well, firstly, Simeon saw Jesus, and in so doing, he saw salvation. Simeon's name means hearing from the Hebrew word Shema. Simeon had heard the Holy Spirit tell him that he would not see death until he'd seen God's Christ, the Messiah. Verse 26 says this, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And when he sees the baby Jesus, he immediately knows that he has seen the Messiah, the savior of the world. He can effectively say as Job said in Job 42, five, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Simeon beheld Jesus. Now you might say, okay, yes, but seeing is believing. It's fine for Simeon. He actually saw Jesus physically. How can I believe? when I can't physically see Jesus now. But to see Jesus has always meant to see who he is with eyes of faith. You see, on that day when his parents presented him at the temple, the temple would have been packed full of lots of other people wanting to get close to God. But only Simeon and later we're told the old prophetess, Anna, only they saw Jesus for who he is with eyes of faith. Everyone else that day just saw another little boy from Galilee. After his resurrection, Jesus said to Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed, but blessed are those who have not seen physically, and yet have believed. So how can we have these eyes of faith to see Jesus as our living hope today? Well, Jesus is the only person ever to have had a whole series of books written about them, the Old Testament, before actually being born. And Jesus's fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy about him is extraordinary. As the seed of a woman, Genesis 3.15, the Messiah had to come out of humanity. As the seed of Abraham, Genesis twelve seven, the Messiah had to come out of the nation of Israel. As the seed of Judah, the Messiah had to come from the tribe of Judah. As the seed of David, the Messiah had to be of the family line of David. Jesus fulfilled all, full, all four requirements, but it didn't stop there. The New Testament contains 343 Old Testament quotations and 2,309 allusions and verbal parallels of the Old Testament. The professor of maths and astronomy, Dr. Peter Stoner, estimated that the probability of of Jesus fulfilling just 48 of these Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah would be a staggering 1 to 10 to the power of 157. And yet Jesus fulfilled not 48, but over 300 Old Testament prophecies about the coming Messiah. This sheer number makes it almost impossible that any human could fulfill them all. And many of these were simply out of his control, even if he had tried to manipulate them. So for example, Daniel chapter nine says when the Messiah would be born before the second temple was destroyed, which was in AD 70. Micah 5.2 says where the Messiah was to be born, Bethlehem. God caused Caesar to call a census across the whole Roman world just to get a young pregnant couple to Bethlehem. Isaiah 7.14 says how the Messiah was to be born, of a virgin. Isaiah 35 says what the, Messiah, what the Messiah would do, opening the eyes of the blind, the ears of the deaf and healing the lame. Numbers 21.9 says that he would be crucified, lifted up. Job 19 says that he would be resurrected. Messianic rabbi, Jonathan Burness says this, if Jesus is not the Messiah, who is? There are no other candidates. You can see with eyes of faith, just as Simeon did, the one who is your living hope. And when you see Jesus, you see salvation. In verses 29 to 32, Simeon breaks out into song. It's known as the nunc dimittis, the song of Simeon. And in verse 30, he says this, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the sight of all nations. The clue was in this child's name. Jesus, or Jehoshua in Hebrew, means deliverer, rescuer, or savior. And who is this salvation for? Well, not simply Israel, but a salvation prepared for all nations, for we all need saving. A little boy wrote a letter to Santa at Christmas. It said, Dear Santa, there are three boys in my house. There's John, aged nine, Brian, aged eight, and Norman, aged six. John is good none of the time. Brian is good some of the time. Norman is good all of the time. I am Norman. Now, none of us is good all the time. This Christ child grew up to die on a cross for every one of us so that we can know forgiveness, peace, and salvation. See Jesus with eyes of faith this Christmas, and you see salvation. Secondly, we see that Simeon held Jesus. Simeon beheld Jesus, but then also held him. I love verse 28. It says this, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. In Jesus, the infinite became infant. And Simeon held in his arms the one who holds the whole world in his hands. Simeon held God here in flesh and blood. You know, it's never been God's desire to simply be known by us or believed in from afar. God's always wanted to embrace us And be embraced by us. Jesus willed from all eternity to be brought to us and held by us. It is not God, but rather humankind, you and me, that is made and kept a distance. In Isaiah 64, 7, the prophet Isaiah mourns with God that no one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you but Jesus opened wide his arms from crib to cross, inviting embrace. He was held by his mother Mary and by Simeon. He allowed a sinful woman to anoint his feet and kiss them. He healed healed the woman with the issue of bleeding who held onto him as the crowds pressed in on him. He allowed John to lean back on his chest at their last meal together. And he invited Thomas to put his finger into the wounds in his hands and his hand in his side. He allowed people to touch him. He comes to us up close and personal. To take hold of Jesus is to take hold of hope. But you might say again, How do we take hold of him today? Well, when Jesus had risen from the dead and ascended to heaven, he then sent his Holy Spirit so that we might forever hold God up close and personal. The Spirit of God is God with us, God for us. He is God in us. The medieval artist Rembrandt crafted two major paintings of Jesus's presentation at the temple during his career. He was clearly captivated by this event. The first painting shown here was painted when Rembrandt was just starting out in Amsterdam aged 25. It's a traditional Dutch wide-angled scene. The artist's viewpoint is set well back. He's observing the many observers with great attention to the details of temple architecture and the finely finished clothing. The young Rembrandt is showing off his impressive skills. But four decades later, the day after Rembrandt had died, they found in his workshop Perhaps his last painting, a private, personal painting, not a commissioned painting. What was it? Again, it is of Simeon and the presentation of Jesus. Here it is, but it's so different from his youthful, detailed work. This. Later painting has no distractions, no architectural temple details, no people, no finery, nor frippery. The focus is on Simeon's old face, bathed in light as he holds the luminous Christ child and beholds Jesus. But what is amazing is that Simeon's face is Rembrandt's own face. This is a self-portrait and his mouth is slightly open as he sings the Nunc Dimittis, his eyes half closed in awe, shielded from the brilliance of Jesus's light. No longer is Rembrandt a gifted young artist at a distance, detached and showing us his skills. Now he's an old man like Simeon was and he paints himself inside the story. It is just him and Jesus. And now he too is ready to have his Lord let his servant depart in peace. For Rembrandt's own eyes have seen God's salvation and taken hold of it. Like Rembrandt, put yourself in the story this Christmas. Reach out. Look up in faith to hold and behold Jesus. And you can know a thrill of hope this Christmas. May we pray. If you want to behold Jesus, to take hold of hope and receive that gift, of eternal life, of peace, then just echo this prayer in your heart right now that I'm gonna read. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I have done wrong in my life. Just take a few moments to ask for his forgiveness for anything particular that comes to your conscience. Please forgive me. I now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that Spirit. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever and birth hope and peace within me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's just remain for a moment in an attitude of prayer. Wherever you are, just pray, come Holy Spirit, Rest upon me now, just as you rested upon Simeon. The Spirit is with you. He is God with us, with you right now.